Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. I want to tell you a story from Matthew chapter 12. It had been a great Sabbath, you know, the disciples had been out preaching and teaching. But now, on this Sabbath, they were back with their master teacher, their rabbi, their friend, Jesus. It was a Saturday, which meant it was a Sabbath. And it also meant they were probably still around the Sea of Galilee. And they were enjoying their time with each other and with their rabbi. And they were probably talking about various topics. Peter was probably talking about what fish would be biting right now, you know. And John was probably wondering why someone didn't love more and you know we all ought to love better you know he was always talking about love and being nice and all that and i can imagine simon the zealot was probably triggered and launching into a tirade against the invading roman government and how it was wrong for them to be taken over the jewish people and if jesus could just lead more of a social revolution that would be great and thaddeus well Poor Thaddeus, he was trying, I imagine, to juggle. You know, he's that guy at the back trying to juggle three balls, and he can only get two of them going, and he's always chasing after the third. And Because juggling is always a lot harder than it looks. Well, anyway, they were walking along, and, and I bet they were walking a long way to get back to Matthew's house or wherever they were going. Well, they decided to walk through a farmer's field. That's what it says in Matthew 12. They were walking through a farmer's field. Now, by the way, it was common knowledge back then that footpaths ran directly through agricultural areas and were available for everyone's use. So, you know, as they were walking through the field, one of them decided to pluck a head of grain off of one of the stalks of grain that were there. I can imagine, you know, one of the disciples plucks it off, pops it into his mouth, and, mmm, that's good. You know, Thaddeus sees it, and he eats one, and then someone else saw Thaddeus do it, and they ate one, and soon all the disciples might have been eating grain off the wheat they were walking through. Now, I want to say the disciples were not stealing by doing this. They were eating someone else's grain, but in Jesus' day, it was considered an act of hospitality to leave some standing grain so that a hungry traveler could eat. It also says in Deuteronomy 23, verse 25, that if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. So you can pluck it. You just can't actually harvest it with a sickle. If you just want to pluck some with your hand, that's fine. So the disciples and Jesus were within their rights to eat some grains of wheat. They were not stealing or trespassing, in case you wondered. Well, someone else was also walking along the path. You know who they were? They were the Pharisees. Now, I wonder if they just happened to be there at the same time, or... More probably, I think, they were following, watching, not too far behind, always watching what Jesus and the twelve disciples were doing. 
You know, I wonder if these were the Pharisee police who just stayed back and watched everything Jesus and the 12 disciples did. You know how annoying that would be? Jesus and the 12 disciples at the temple. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jesus, you didn't put your tithe in there correctly. Jesus and the 12 disciples at the local deli. Oh, oh, I think he put too much mustard on that Reuben sandwich, you know. Jesus at the laundromat. Oh, oh, you did not just take someone else's clothes out of the dryer, did you? Without asking, questioning, criticizing, and constantly following them everywhere and criticizing and criticizing and criticizing. Well, on this day, the Pharisee police, they saw something horrific something terrible. They saw the disciples take the heads off the stalks of grain and eat them. <gasps> Again, it wasn't the fact that it was someone else's grain. What the disciples did was common practice back then. No, what bothered the Pharisees was that the disciples were performing forbidden work on the Sabbath. They were essentially, according to the law, harvesting, threshing, and winnowing the wheat. What? Just plucking grain off the top of a stalk and eating it? That's considered work? See, you weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath. You weren't allowed to work at all. Well, just plucking grain and eating it, that's considered harvesting by some Pharisees or winnowing or threshing and working with wheat? Well, when they saw it, the Pharisees ran up to Jesus and the 12 disciples and accused them of breaking the law. Well, Jesus answers them by giving them two answers. And you know what's interesting? He answers them in typical rabbi fashion. He talks about something from the Old Testament, the law in particular, the Old Testament law, and then he uses something from the later prophets, something that wasn't as cool as the law, but was still pretty cool. And as a good rabbi, it's just interesting how he uses the techniques of the rabbis to respond to these rabbis themselves, to these nasty, mean Pharisees. See, Jesus, first of all, uses an example from 1 Samuel chapter 21. He goes all the way back to the old law, all the way back to the heart of the Old Testament. And, and he points out that David, King David, ate bread from the temple when he was hungry. And the bread he ate was not lawful for him to eat according to the law. David and his men are on the run from Saul and they end up in the temple talking to the high priest at the time, Ahimelech. Well, while he's there, David asks for help because he is hungry and his men need to eat. Well, Himelech says the only thing they have on hand for them to eat is the bread of the presence. Now, the bread of the presence was only supposed to be eaten by the priests because it's used in the worship of Yahweh and it's used in certain rituals and the only people who could eat it were the priests and the only time they could eat it was at certain times. They couldn't just go eat the bread of presence. But Ahimelech is seeing that David is starving. His men are starving. And so he breaks the law by giving it to David so he can eat. Well, then Jesus also adds the example 
from the current day. Jesus points out how currently priests serving in the temple had to break the Sabbath by working on the Sabbath. In other words, in order to keep the temple functioning, you couldn't just take the Sabbath off. No, you had to take care of certain things. You had to take care of certain animals. You had to clean up. And, and so certain priests were allowed to work on the Sabbath to keep the temple functioning properly. Again, the priests deliberately broke the Sabbath laws because the temple was more important than keeping the Sabbath. So Jesus is using the evidence that King David, somebody loved by the Pharisees, King David ate the bread he could not lawfully eat because it was more important that he and his men live than die. It was more important for his men to live than they keep this particular law. And then he also gave the evidence of the priests working on the Sabbath because keeping the temple functioning and working is more important in this specific situation than keeping the Sabbath. So Jesus is saying keeping a law is important. You know, God wanted his people to keep the Sabbath and he wanted them to keep the Sabbath as a way to honor God and, and as a way to honor him and as the way to give him glory to take the whole day off on that seventh day and to give worship to God. And because God commanded it, you honor God by doing it. But here's the problem. The Pharisees had taken a good thing, a good law. They turned it into a burden, a weapon, a way to use it to control See, people are important. The temple is important. And at times, both are more important than honoring the Sabbath. Now, it's interesting that there were some rabbis in Jesus' day who took Jesus' position regarding this very thing. It says in one of their rabbinical texts, On the Sabbath, a man may crush, thresh, and winnow, grain, and eat, provided that he does not crush, thresh, and winnow, a large quantity with a tool. But the sages say he may crush, thresh, and winnow it with the tips of his finger and eat, provided, however, that he does not crush a large quantity with his hands in the same way as he does on weekdays. Babylonian Talmud. That's where it says. So Jesus' actions would have been championed by some of the Pharisees out there, but Jesus was facing a stricter bunch of Pharisees, and in answer to them, he asks that they go and learn what this verse means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He wanted them to go learn what that verse meant. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Well, the Pharisees knew what that verse meant. In fact, Jesus had used it earlier. It's a verse from the book of Hosea, a minor prophet. And it's chapter 6, verse 6. And Jesus, again, had used this verse, Hosea 6, 6, to rebuke the Pharisees earlier in the book of Matthew, right? Earlier, they had been appalled that Jesus was eating with sinners. And, and now they are appalled that his disciples are winnowing or harvesting on the Sabbath. They're working. 
And Jesus, once again, has to remind them that they are using the law incorrectly. They're more interested in outward obedience to the law rather than focusing on the internal heart attitude. Jesus wanted a heart attitude of mercy rather than the grand ritual sacrifice of an animal. He wanted these Pharisees to see the heart of his disciples. They were hungry and needed food. Rather than complaining about how they had broken the Sabbath, they should have looked at the heart of these 12 disciples and Jesus. Instead, these Pharisees were using the law as a way to bludgeon and beat up hungry men. They were using the law as a way to bludgeon hungry men rather than bless them. I just want to say we as Christians need to be careful to not simply focus right on external compliance to some legalistic standard as a sign that we are spiritual or that, you know, somebody is doing well in the faith. See, these Pharisees were externally perfect, but inside they were men who hated the God that they said they served. And Yahweh wanted the hearts of his followers, not just the external devotion. And I think today we have to be careful to get the hearts of, of our children, for instance, or the hearts of those we teach and minister to. And then we also have to be careful to not use our scriptural knowledge to, to, as a weapon to hurt other people that we might minister to at church. We don't want to be accused of spiritual abuse. No, we need to care about people and love the people around us. It is interesting, I think, like I said earlier, to see how Jesus followed the logical progression used by the rabbis of his day in these kinds of debates. He appealed to a passage from 1 Samuel, which was a book found in the Old, Old Testament. And it was a book found in what is called the Law and the Prophets. And 1 Samuel would have been found in that prophet section. And then he appealed to a minor prophet, Hosea right? Chapter 6, one that is known as a later prophet, and that is the way the rabbis worked back then. They would appeal to something in the Torah or the prophets, and then they would look at the later prophets, and it's just interesting to see Jesus answering his opponents in their language, right? In their terms. Well, Jesus ends this conversation by pointing out something even more important that they were standing, the Pharisees, that they were standing in the presence of God, of the Lord of the Sabbath. Realize that if it is right for the disciples to break the Sabbath to honor the temple, well, standing before you is something greater than the temple. The Lord of the Sabbath, the Son of Man, me, is what Jesus is saying. Now, I can't think the Pharisees took that last statement very well at all. Because judging by what happens next, they were unwilling to give up using the law to condemn Jesus and the disciples. See, after talking with them, Jesus then enters the synagogue in one of their towns. It's the Sabbath, right? You go to church, you go to the synagogue, and there he met a man in that synagogue who had a shriveled up hand man who was suffering, probably in lots of pain. 
And I wonder if this man came up to Jesus. When he did, I wonder if Jesus looked around to see if there were any Pharisee police standing around. And guess what? There were. They had their flashing lights on or probably right in his grill, right in his face, just watching everything he's doing. Well, Jesus looks at them. And then I imagine he looks at the man. And as Jesus began to look at the man and turn away from the Pharisees, I can imagine one of their leaders yells out, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? I mean, that's what it says in Matthew 12, verse 10, that one of the Pharisees asks Jesus, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? I think they used a big snobby voice like that. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Now, I mean, what a question. I mean, how dumb are these men? I mean, after what they just heard, after what they just saw in the field, do they not know? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Don't they understand what Jesus is going to say? I mean, how dumb are these men? Well, I don't think they're dumb at all, no. They knew exactly what they were doing. These Pharisees were saying to all the onlooking crowd that Jesus is about to break the law, everyone. Look, look, look at this. Jesus is about to break the law. Why? Because Jesus is healing on the Sabbath, which means he's working, and that is breaking the law. And according to the Old Testament law, you are not allowed to work on the Sabbath. And by healing this man, Jesus is a lawbreaker. Slam dunk. Now, According to the law, it says the customary Jewish ruling back then, during this time, one author wrote, was that healing was permitted on the Sabbath when life was in danger. But see, this man's life wasn't in danger. No, he just had a shriveled hand. Well, Jesus, he answers their question. See, you could help somebody, but you couldn't do miracles on the Sabbath. That would break the Old Testament law, according to the thought of that day. Well, Jesus, he answers this question. Is it, is it right to heal on the Sabbath? Is it, is it legal? Is it lawful, sorry, to heal on the Sabbath? Well, Jesus answers this question. By using an example of how people help animals on the Sabbath. And he's basically going to say, if you can help an animal on the Sabbath, why can't you help a human being? And he gives the specific example of a sheep stuck in a hole or a pit. Jesus says, who among you, if you had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath wouldn't take hold of it and lift it out. Matthew 12, verse 11. Who among you, if he had a sheep that fell into a pit or a hole on the Sabbath, wouldn't take hold of the sheep and lift it out? Now, according to their rabbinical teaching and their interpretation of the law, back then you were allowed to help an animal if it got stuck in some awkward or painful position on the Sabbath. And Jesus tells them that if they were willing to help an animal, such as a sheep, why wouldn't they help a person? Because, and Jesus adds this, this is very important, and I hope you know this, because I think a lot of people don't think this, but this is what the Bible teaches. Jesus says you should help the sheep. Why? You should go ahead 
and help the sheep. And if you can help the sheep, why shouldn't you help a man who is struggling? Why shouldn't you help a man? Why? And here's the key. He says, why? Because a person is worth far more than a sheep. That's what Jesus says. And I keep thinking, man, what about those, you know, animal rights activists or or people who think, you know, animals and humans are on the same level? No, Jesus clearly says a human being is worth far more than a sheep. They're not the same. A human being was created in the image of God. An animal wasn't. A human being has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside. No, no. A human being has a spirit, a soul that's going to spend either eternity in heaven or in hell, either hell far away from God or in heaven with God forever. A sheep, an animal doesn't have a soul according to the Bible. And Jesus says, if you can help a sheep, you can help a human being. Why? Because a person is worth far more than a sheep. Therefore, Jesus concludes, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Again, you know, Jesus, of course, wants to respect the law. But Jesus is telling these Pharisees, we should never use the law to bludgeon rather than bless, to crush rather than care, to hurt rather than help. So Jesus walks over to this man with the shriveled hand and asks him to stretch it out. The man took his shriveled hand and tried as far as he could to stretch his fingers out. It was probably so disease-ridden that he could barely open it. Then Jesus took the fingers, I can imagine, and slowly began to open each one. First the thumb, then the index finger, and all the rest. Then he probably took his hand and both of his and began to gently rub them. And I think Jesus and this man probably ended up in a good old handshake. The man's hand was healed. Woo! High five! Can you imagine that? The Bible says it was healed, and after it was healed, it didn't look any different than his other healthy hand. Yes! Jesus healed. Jesus also taught the Pharisees and helped them develop a better understanding of the law. And the Pharisees were amazed at the healings and began to see that Jesus was the Messiah. And a ton of them were converted and began to follow Christ. Yay! No. No. The man was beautifully healed. And I bet the man hugged Jesus and they shook hands. And he loved what Jesus did for him. He healed him. But the Pharisees... They didn't convert. They didn't start following Jesus. They didn't admit he was the Messiah. No, instead they did something far, far worse. Nothing. Nothing changed. In fact, they became angrier and angrier. And they left the synagogue, and I can imagine they stormed out, and and now they took their hatred of Jesus to the next level. The Bible says now, because of that, they plotted how they could kill Jesus. Jesus. 
Matthew 12, verse 14, the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might kill him. Why would these men want to kill Jesus? Jesus just healed someone. It was beautiful. Why would they want to kill him? Well, I think, first of all, some of them were probably demonically inspired. You know, I think some of them are demon-possessed. But I also think these men saw their power and control over people slipping away. Plus, I think they saw that everything they had believed in was being challenged by Jesus. And I think that would have made them afraid. Is everything I put my life on a lie? Is this Jesus really the Messiah? No, I can't have that. I can't have that. And so I think fear and power are what led these men to plot to murder Jesus. Now, the response could have been a faith, right? They could have put their faith in the Messiah. To see these miracles and to recognize who was standing in front of them. And Jesus told them as much, right? He said earlier, something greater than the temple is standing in front of you. But these Pharisees didn't believe. Their eyes were blinded. Their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were corrupt. They were dupes of all the wonders of this present age. And I just want to say some of you are in that same position. I think these Pharisees knew to give up everything they had would have cost them too much. And I think, sadly, some of you who are listening to this podcast know to follow Jesus would cost you too much. And so you choose this life over the life to come. But Jesus said earlier in Matthew, he said, the one, he said, he, but Jesus said earlier in Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 through 39, Jesus said this, the one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And here's the key. Anyone, verse 39, anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. If some of those Pharisees were willing to give up their life of luxury and their life of power and to lose it, and instead to follow Jesus, to give all, all to give all that up to follow Jesus, they would have found life. They would have found joy. They would have found immense peace. And I pray that's not you today. I pray that you listen to the claims of Jesus. You see the miracles that he did. And like the 12 disciples, you say, this is God, very God. This is the Messiah, and I want to put my faith and trust in him. I'm going to put my believing loyalty on him and no one else. I hope you do that today. Do that today. Follow Jesus. Don't be a Pharisee.
Bald Head Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more Bald Head Bible Podcasts, please subscribe. New episodes added every week.